Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, passing shotters, and welcome to the latest episode of your tennis catch-up podcast. I'm Joel. And I'm Kim. And this week on The Passing Shot, we'll be reviewing all the latest from the O2 at the World Tour Finals. And we'll also be looking back at all the action from Milan from the Next Gen Finals. In Scoreboard Stories, we'll be taking a look at some rather interesting predictions from French newspaper L'Equipe. And in our wildcard section, we'll be looking at all of the proposed ATP calendar changes and all of the uh, interesting insights from the players regarding those. But before all that, I need to ask you, Kim, how are you? How has it been since the last time we've spoken? I'm, I'm well, thanks. Yeah, good. I'm just uh, excited to chat over everything we've got in store for everyone today. How have you been? Yeah, I've been good. I've, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been busy. I've been you know what I've been busy I've been watching a bit of the world tour finals been looking at all the different rule changes being proposed all these kind of new tennis cups being proposed as well there seems to be even though we're kind of winding down to the end of the season there seems to be so much to talk about there really is isn't there it seems like all the changes are being like unleashed at once (laughs) Um, they're not just like gradually doing it but yeah we'll be talking about that more later in the wildcard section um but I guess we should begin with the world finals yeah Um, did you watch much of it um yeah so um busy working I was yeah I was too busy working I was following it I was following a lot of it on Twitter um and I had obviously a few I had a few mates as well going because uh in London as well um very it was very interesting this year I think you know we the the tour finals in London is now in its ninth or tenth year I think this is the tenth year, tenth year, tenth staging, and they've got two. Mm. So uh, there's definitely. all, yeah. And I want, and there's always kind of these questions when this kind of time comes around as to, you know, should it stay in London? You know, should it move on? Um, and I know that you know some players are for it staying, some players are uh, wanting it to leave. Um, but you know, I was kind of focused on this year, and I was just hoping we were going to have, you know, really, you know, really good event um, with, you know, some really kind of standout tennis and it didn't really deliver it, did it? <laughs> no I Maybe don't no. <laughs> no I don't think so um, I mean I think most of the matches were straight sets yeah um I think there was was it just the Isner Chilich match was that the only three set match uh yes I think it was something that's pretty bad isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> I mean apart from the doubles which was a bit more exciting I suppose um I mean yeah I thought the standard was all right it wasn't you know there was not like no amazing amazing matches but uh, it's not like everyone played rubbish <laughs> um i think what we will remember it for is vera his biggest title to date mm. um and i also must congratulate you joel because i <laughs> do believe that for once one of us actually got a prediction correct no, unbelievable unbelievable scenes i mean it was meant it was going to happen eventually um but yeah i uh yeah i was i remembered that today and i was really happy and i was i was i was instantly on the whatsapp to message you just to kind of do a bit of gloating <laughs> have a dig in yeah i think i said kevin anderson potentially <laughs> and i was really hoping he'd get to the final and he did so well actually like at the start of the week and then he just against federer and Djokovic succumbed quite easily so i was a bit disappointed yeah i mean kevin. yeah i mean kind of looking at like the the seedings um the top four seeds actually got to the semi got to the semi finals. Mm. Apart from, I guess that 
that opening match blip when um, Nishikuri upset Federer. Um, yeah, it, we kind of ended up still with yeah Federer, Djokovic, um, Anderson, and uh, Zverev. So uh, yeah. yeah, we had the top. Yeah, we had we got through to the yeah the top, top four seeds. Yeah, I think that's only the second time uh, since the World Finals came to London that actually the top four seeds have got to the semis. Um, I mean, Nishikori, he, I watched that match with him and Anderson. Oh, and my God. Bizarre. To, I don't know if you saw much of it, but, you know, when I was just so willing him to get a game towards the end, you know. It's compared to how, you know, his performance against Fed, yeah. it was sort of players. But, um, yeah, I think Zverev, um, he was a deserved winner. He played really, really well and be solid. I don't know, Djokovic didn't seem quite... No, it didn't seem quite on his game. I don't, I don't know what... Yeah, there was something off. I don't know what it was, but, you know, Zverev did what he had to do. Yeah, I was really pleased, actually, that he... I don't know, would you reckon it's the Lendl effect? It's all just kind of come together. the Lendl effect. Oh, I don't know. the end know. of the year. Be. I'll, be, I'll be very... I mean... Yeah, I mean, who, who knows? But as soon as, you know, if that partnership is going to be continuing into next season, I can't wait for a Zverev versus Andy Murray match uh, with Lendl mm. now in the... You know, in the corner of Zarev, I think that would yeah. tasty encounter. And he has uh, he has Jez Green as well, Andy's now. Oh, but, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, Zverev still needs to prove it in the slams. Mm. You know, five sets. So that remains to be seen. But I'm sure the boost that he needs. Yeah, um, certainly. I mean, he beat Federer and Djokovic on consecutive days. Yeah. And exactly. you know, Djokovic, you know, throughout that tournament, you know, was playing unbelievably good tennis. Um, he. He didn't drop a set en route to the final and he was actually on course in going into the final. He was on course. If he had beaten Zverev in straight sets, he would become the only the second person. Um, sorry, he would have become the first person to achieve that since Lendl back in 1986. So that just kind of shows you what form he was in going into that final. Yeah, and he basically hadn't lost, I think, his serve, had he? Basically the whole... Um, yeah. tournament and then he lost it four times in the final so yeah <laughs> maybe there was something going on with with Djokovic maybe he was just like oh do you know what my saber <laughs> do, do you know what I thought was really funny was uh, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter um, some people are wondering if it's true or if it was photoshopped but um, apparently the tennis channel had an, an infographic before the Zverev uh, Novak match um, looking at like kind of key opportunities for, um, that each need to take and and Zverev's two points were Hope Novak is sick. Make <laughs> make him uncomfortable. And uh, oh, this came in wow. for this came in for a load of uh, a load of kind of well this this tweet has aged well kind of um, messages yeah. and um, yeah he um, yeah quite um, yeah I, I mean yeah let's hope he didn't let's hope he didn't put something in Novak's dinner like dinner the day before <laughs> then I don't know I mean he did a good speech at the end though as well it was um, they're obviously quite good mates uh, so. It was, um, yeah, it was a good final. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, one thing I just I just feel like, yeah, the tournament as a whole, you know, it, I saw a lot of empty seats compared mm. to previous years. I don't know if that's, you know, Andy Murray not being there, Rafa pulling out. Um, I don't know. It just didn't seem to have the same kind of buzz. And, but, no. I mean, I'm still bringing in the money, I suppose. We'll see if it does. 2020, yeah. It's a difficult one because, yeah, tickets are expensive and... You know, the format is set up so that, you know, in one session you have a singles match and a doubles match. Now, you know, this sort of crowd, I don't think they're going to be buying tickets, you know, 
for the doubles match they're going to go for the singles match and mm. you know if that is the case and you get you know Nishikuri versus Anderson and it's love and one and over in under an hour mm-hmm. and you've paid you know upwards of 80 90 quid a ticket travel potentially accommodation as well I mean you can understand kind of yeah people venting about the you know about the ticket prices oh definitely especially if you're sitting you know up up in the gods uh for anyone who's been to the O2 half the seats are so high up Mm. you know um yeah it is it is quite a costly one that's why I just think people need to get in otherwise yeah you just turn up (laughs) such a lot of money but um Mm. I mean just a note on the doubles um Mike Bryan and Jack Salt won um that one so I guess they were they were the they were the top seeds. No, they weren't the top seeds. The top seeds were... Um, all right. But anyway, the Brian, Brian and Sock, I think that was quite a... I could see them winning the start. And they beat Hughes, Herbert and who in the yeah. final, didn't they? I mean, yeah. So that was... I, I saw that result. I thought... Um, I wonder if that will be the team that plays firstly for the French in the Davis Cup final. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Brian and Sock. Uh, I was reading that was their third... I think that was their third competition they've won... Uh, together this season and the two mm-hmm. and the two others were majors uh Wimbledon and the US Open yeah yeah I mean it was a good final they they won 30 match tie break so you could say the doubles provided more of the excitement this tournament but but yeah no I mean I think um I'm glad yeah on I'm, on the whole I'm really glad Zverev won and um although the tennis was there mm. it was nice as Zverev to uh, and what to did you what did you make of the whole controversy in the did you see the in the semi-finals yeah in the Federer match I just don't know yeah that's what I was going to mention the fans in that match I mean I know everyone loves you know I feel like anyone who's kind of like a neutral general tennis fan they always like have such a big following at home but I just thought the way they responded to that match I mean it was that point wasn't it where Zverev spotted a ball Mm -hmm. pocket yeah it was onto the court yeah which according to the rules like he has to stop you Mm -hmm. know so I don't know why such a big <laughs> fuss over it. I mean, it... yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a bit of. Uh, it left a bit of a sour taste taste in the mouth, really, because yeah, yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was a very competitive match, very high quality couple of sets, and um, yeah, I understand that happened at you know a, a crucial point, but mm. you know, I don't think there's any. You know, there's no blame there, and I, you know, Zverev wasn't getting an advantage. Um, it was just kind of like a. You know, the, it was just a mid-court rally. It wasn't like he was out of position and like it was, it was inevitably going to lose the point or anything. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, to- I completely agree. And it was crazy to kind of see, you know, Annabelle Croft in the, in the, uh, in the interview afterwards have to almost give a telling off to the crowd. To tell the crowd <laughs> off. I know, I know. You should never have to do that. Like, it sort of reminded me of, um, you know, the US Open, the Serena mm. and all that. Yeah, Boeing has it. Um, yeah. No, I mean, did you get to see much of the next-gen finals the Ooh. week before? Oh, the next-gen finals. I didn't, I, I do you know what, I, hadn't, I didn't actually get a chance to, um, to watch much of it. But again, I was kind of keeping up to date with some highlights um, mm. on social media. Um, I thought it was really... Again, we got this one kind of correct as well, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. winning. Yeah, and what's uh, I think what's really interesting actually is um, Sissi Pass won um, yeah the next gen finals and actually if you look at Novak's who he's lost to since Wimbledon he's lost to three players and they're all younger than twenty two which I think is I think that's kind of I think that's great in terms of like the the quality of the next gen I think there's yeah. a kind of a credi- there's a credibility point there. 
Um, Novak's lost to what was Zverev um, in the World Tour Finals. You also lost to Kachinov, I think. Yeah. Was that in Paris? That was, yeah, final, final Paris. And then he lost, also has lost to uh, Pass as well. So um, it's kind of great to see that um, that, that, hap- that happening um, in the season. And yeah, Pass kind of won, kind of came through his group relatively comfortably. Um, yeah. Had a kind of, a, yeah, had a five set match against, uh, I think it was, was it Rublev? Or Dimonior, I think it was. He Ru- did, um, yeah. It was Rublev in a fifth set tiebreak in the semi. Dimonor in the final. Dim- that's it. Dimonor. Um, so yeah, the final was pretty. Yeah, that Dimonor was actually seed mm. in that. So am I? I don't know if I'm being like totally unknowledgeable about tennis, but Hubert Hercaz, um I've never heard of him. <laughs> yet he was competing. <laughs> yeah. The next gen finals, and I'm just like, who is this guy? Because, um, like, Halmo Munar and Francis Tiafo, like, I've heard of them, but mm. Hubert Hercaz is... Yeah, no, I, I... Same here. You know, when I was researching the podcast, I actually had to go on YouTube to understand how to pronounce his name, just getting ready for future podcasts, because I know he's going to... Yeah. Get it going, you know, he's going to pop up at some point. Um, but, yeah, uh, Pass came out came out as the winner. Um, obviously, the next-gen finals, as well as kind of being known for, you know, promoting you know, up and coming players on tour is also kind of a breeding ground for new rules and innovation that may or may not make itself onto the main tour. Um, And, you know, we've seen that um, already in the first kind of iteration of it. But let's just kind of go through the rules and just have like a quick discussion on what we think about them. Um, I mean, what I just looking at the scores like you know it's weird isn't it they, they play first to four game sets um and a tie break so but then they play best of five so overall they still have the same games but it's just they've thrown up yeah um and i think that's designed to increase the number of like well in each in the match what do you think about that do you think it's better to have oh, I think... of less games <laughs> mm, i i think it's a tricky one because like a set of you know a set to four, does it allow for kind of, you know, like a momentum shifts, momentum yeah. shifts in a whole set? Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, that, that sort of, those momentum shifts, allowing that to take place can create drama. And I just wonder whether in this format, if you go down to fast four, uh, whether that, you know, does that, take does that take away the you know potential momentum shifts in sets yeah you wouldn't maybe get that crucial like seventh game in like sets at the moment yeah mm. yeah I, I feel like i feel like this particular rule never to the oh uh, yeah i think it's the best the way to go but i mean yeah it makes it i think it's fine for the next gen but i personally yeah to six. i mean maybe you um, could maybe you could have it as an like a you know as an exhibition you know like the tie break tens yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And it or might be play it in this ATP Cup or something. Yeah, and it might be you know friendlier to crowds who maybe are not so, you know, they might be going to tennis for the first time. They want to stay for a come, you know, a really long, potentially really long best of five, you know, best of five traditional sets match. Um, but um, yeah, I think for me, I still kind of yeah like the kind of full sets and allowing for you know moment, momentum changes. Yeah. They don't do the no they don't do ad scoring either so i think that would that must really 
um because i mean i have to say if you get stuff game you know you can have like 20 juices it can go but um yeah i think um i guess it's like when they introduced in the double that adds deciding point receiver's choice so and now i'm so used to that i don't so you know you never know um i think it's good innovation to try <laughs> out for now in the next gen let's um but the, the yeah. other rules they have they've got um a shorter warm-up yeah so fine they walk on and it's four <laughs> minutes and then they have to start next. yeah that's fine by me shot clock as well yeah that's inevitable i think yeah. that's an inevitability almost as like var in football i feel like shot clock in the tour is going to be is going to come in whether you like it or hate it um i thought um i mean they're still the umpires are supposed to bring that already aren't they mm. on the just they don't have yeah. yeah yes i think that's right my only issue with the shot clock is that i just think it should have a little bit of variability in terms of the surface that you play on like, i just think like yeah. on on a clay court can you compare like the a clay court you know versus a grass court and I think maybe there should be, you know, some sort of variability factored in, you know, dependent on the, you know, the court surface and the speed of it. Yeah, I think so. And also, I mean, there has to be a bit of um, common sense, 40 shot rally mm. and both players are gasping for breath. Obviously, I would say if I was young, I don't within reach, mm. but uh, maybe they get exemption set or something. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I'm glad it's, it should be in this. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it should be... Have... Um, it should be transparent on court, I think. You know, like, I don't... Maybe yeah, they shouldn't leave yeah. it up to the umpire's discretion. If there's a clear clock, you know, clear clock on court that the players can see, the, you know, the umpire can see and the fans can see, then, you know, bringing greater transparency, I think, is, you know, is beneficial to, you know, to the game. Yeah, exactly. And all they've got to do, I'm sure they can manage that. Hmm. Um, so the next gen, God, they had loads of, <laughs> loads of different rules. Um so they didn't have they they had a no let rule mm. so uh, got rid of it. Yeah. it makes it a bit what yeah what do you think efficient. of that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm kind of a bit like really yeah i don't know i mean i know that people have been talking about this for quite a while so it slows it down but i don't know it's not really something i'm that i'm sitting on the fence um medical timeouts though they're only allowed one which one for someone yeah. Has more than that. yeah i'm yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not sure about that i mean we'll, I, we'll see if they kind of c- continue with that but yeah i think mm. they're just i think they've just kind of looked at their tennis match and 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 have and have think well how can we you know speed it up as much as yeah. as much as possible um without cutting corners my only kind of concern is that you know all of these things if you put them together i don't want it to you know be all these things that are going on inside the player's head whilst he's trying to also focus on playing the tennis match um yeah, i don't want that almost like to cloud his judgment in playing and also i think if you suddenly introduce all these waters down what we know and love about you know tennis and i think like they've done it with maybe like formula one you know introduce all these like different like regulations to like grit of nature of tennis i don't know mm. um i mean some of the things i think are, are good like the towel rack okay so there's always a big um i know i have a lot of uh friends and family who really find it annoying that players seem to go for a towel point and then um you know the ball kids it's not really actually so they were trialing a towel rack uh, yeah so <laughs> i mean i i yeah I, I guess right right a ball boy his responsibility is the tennis balls is it his responsibility to give a towel to the tennis player when oh, yeah. he sees fit oh, 
they should just rename them like court assistants, <laughs> you know, because they get their water as well, mm, don't they? Like the change of ends. But I don't know. I know. I know some, do some people find it unhy- unhygienic? Of like um, a ball boy oh, handling a, the towel of tennis player. Well, you don't know what diseases they might, you know, be spreading around in the towels. But yeah, if you, I, don't know. I think, yeah, if you had a towel rack, yeah, like it could it become. Could it become tactical, almost like a toilet break, you know? Yeah, and I... also they've got the 25 seconds, so it might slow down, you know, mm. between them to go. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's a good point, actually. They kind of, are they kind of going against each other, the towel rack and the, the shot clock? Um, the players just might get in the way of the ball kick out, I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll have to see it, see it. But, um, God, there's so many, yeah, player coaching, so players and coaches are allowed to communicate as but not not allowed on court. So what what's that? Are they just like, yeah? They've got like a headset. Um, oh right. Okay. Yeah. So actually, um, Sissy Pass. There, there's, there's a video of Sissy Pass absolutely destroying his headset um, during one of his matches. Um, he, I don't think he particularly warmed to the idea. Um, of, he didn't like what his coach was saying. Basically, yeah. Um, but oh. yeah, he completely destroyed the the headset. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a yeah two way channel, as opposed to you know in the women's side where the the coach can come on court. It's yeah, it's just kind of a sit down, put some headphones on, listen to what your coach is saying, and TV can hear at the same time. Okay, I was going to say because what I like about um, I like to know what the coach is actually saying. I think you know you can watch that at home. So mm. okay, yeah, as long as I think the fans, yeah, well we'll see, we'll see if that's if that makes yeah. its way. I don't um, think one thing I yeah oh you. You don't I, think it will I was I was just going to say like it should I think a lot of these things like particularly with play coaching like it should be optional you know mm. it shouldn't be compulsory you know if I don't want to receive you know if I'm a player and I think I play better not you know having to listen to my coach during a match I don't want to feel forced to you know use this you know technology just, that's just for the about. sake of TV yeah exactly yeah I'm sure they wouldn't force it on people but I guess yeah the player used it and they stored all this technology yeah maybe the team just extra you know drama but yeah um i think some people are kind of quite opposed to mm. um one thing i did find interesting was they had a free movement policy in the crowd um so people were just able to come and go at the stadium which to be fair i think in italian tournaments anyway because i don't know if you've been to much of it, but the crowd are way more um and chatting away in the match so maybe they were but I think they had a limit, you know, if their crowd were behind the baselines and obviously they, they yeah. can't back serve, but everywhere else, which I don't know, I guess they're kind of, I don't know, I don't want to like football, yell and shout and, mm-hmm. you know, I like tennis because of the focus. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely an in- interesting one. I can understand it. I mean, my experience of it is mostly in the promenade level of the, <laughs> in, uh, oh, yeah. at the US Open when... You're so high above that, like the players on the court are just not going to be notice you if you move. They wouldn't see you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Kind of, it works, and I think it works in, you know, those like entertainment sort of arenas, you know, like the O2. Mm. But if it's yeah. like a purpose-built tennis court, when the seats are generally a bit closer to you know, to the court and, you know, it's not maybe as, you know, dimly lit in the in the nosebleeds or or in the promenade level. Um yeah, I think, you know, maybe it could maybe there's you know, have to look at it like maybe court by court 
arena by arena basis. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it does depend. Um, yeah, no, I think the next gen is is great that they are trialing all of these new new rules and everything. Mm. Um, remains. But is there anything else you want to bring up in the next gen? Um, no. I, I mean, think... I think as and we kind of touched on this before. Obviously, since he passed, he's a now. Mm. <laughs> he's already like fifteen in the world. He was sort of a country mile above. Yeah, already. and I I just hope. I hope for this event, for the next gen event, I like it, and I just hope we just don't keep talking about like all these rules, and you know we remember that it is you know it is a tennis tournament and it is you know a breeding ground for you know players in the you know in the future that could be the next you know you know the next stars, next top five, top ten, whatever. Um, and I think we obviously got to re- we got to remember that as well as you know potentially all these kind of new rules and innovation this innovation come in we've got to remember that you know at the very core we're going to be we're 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 looking at players that we hope will be yeah the next next future stars on on the tour yeah absolutely um but yeah i mean going on to our next section uh not really too much to say for brits on tour um so we normally call the action the tennis circuit so obviously in london we did have jamie playing with bruno suarez uh, I was really hoping they'd get to the final, but yeah. um, they lost in the semis. Um, so they lost. Did they lose to? He, oh, keep saying his name. Pierre Hughes Herbert <laughs> and Mahu. Um, so that's a shame they couldn't get to the final. But yeah, not too bad. I mean, oh no, sorry, they lost. They lost to Sock and Brian. So. That was uh, um, but we. Yes. Yeah, ten four in the yeah ten four in the final set. Sorry, Sam. Yeah, my fact straight. Um, but we do have, well, we have a little bit of news from, so Aidan McHugh, who's 18, he has won his first ITF in uh, Meshref. Yes. Do you know where Meshref is, uh, Kim, I was about Testing to ask you, Kim, I was about to again. ask you the same question, actually, because I, <laughs> I know where Have Mesh- you looked it up? Uh, yeah, I did, yeah. Did you Google it? <laughs> yeah, like five seconds ago, yeah. Um. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Maybe yeah. I just did the same. Yeah, I was going to say something like Morocco, personally, but uh, then I googled it, <laughs> and <laughs> it's in Q8, so there we go. Oh, I was actually going to say Qatar, so probably a good thing I didn't say uh, that. But... Oh, you were a bit closer to me. <laughs> yeah, Q8 and Qatar are at different places. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so well done, Aidan McHugh. Uh, we'll see how far he can climb uh, 2019. Mm. We look Keep a close eye. British tennis, yeah, Aidan McHugh watch out for the name um but yeah i think that brings us on to scoreboard stories yeah do you have what do you have this week for us so right scoreboard stories this week was it was a challenge i i was looking all over the world even in meshref um for some hilarious score scoreboard um i could bring to your attention kim but what actually i found um not a scoreboard but I, it just warranted it warranted discussion and it was French newspaper L'Equipe. They did their predictions. In 2013, they did their predictions for who they thought would be the top 10 in the world at the end of uh, the 2018 season, which we're obviously currently where we're at now. And it makes for some very interesting reading. Um, they have, well, I mean... Let's just say, okay, so they've got Djokovic at number five uh, um, yeah, at the moment. Not, which, you know, not too it's far, not, right? Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> um, you know, Nishikuri as well is in there. Okay, well, I get that. 
but then then there are some there are then there are some other names uh, that appear in the list. Perhaps more most glaringly, uh, they think they thought that number two in the world was going to be Benoit Pair. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? Is that that's that's quite um well, for a French newspaper to be number mm-hmm. two? And was Benoit Pair ever claimed to be the big thing? I mean, I remember I'm... all the fuss about Gasquet, but I don't recall Pair. I being... I think. I think when they were putting him on the list, I think they were putting it. I think they were ranking like hairstyle executions, and definitely, possibly, I put him in the yeah. top five there. Um, but yeah, they had Benoit Pair at number two. Uh, they also had Ernest Gulbis um, in the top ah, ten. That one I can see because he did make top true. Ten, but yeah, oh, okay. But Gulbis. he is at ninety. He Who is at ninety five at the moment. Um, yeah, we so. have uh, uh, okay, and and we have. Um, Jack Sock in there as well. Maybe they were thinking about okay, doubles okay. at the time, but uh... maybe. Or this time last year, he would have been in the top ten. Mm, so. Fair point. Okay, I yeah. give I give you that one, Kim. <laughs> we'll give them their due. But okay, this is perhaps the biggest clanger. Jerzy Janowicz, number nine in the oh. world. <laughs> He's currently he unranked. He's unranked. <laughs> he oh wow! Is. Does he? He must have had injury. Uh, I can't, actually, I can't remember the last time I saw him in a draw. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and I, I actually looked up. Um, I, I was just trying to recall my memories of Janowicz because I remember he got to a Wimbledon semi-final, post and lost he did, to Murray. Yeah. He took the. He might have even yeah, taken that first ago. set. I think he took the first set on a tiebreak. I think he did. Yeah, I think it was four sets definitely. Yeah. And I remember him but, also. So they don't have. They don't have uh, Roger or Rafa in their top ten. No, I think they assumed that they would have been retired by now. I love how the old guard have just proved completely wrong. <laughs> um, so, sorry, who was their number one? Uh, Dimitrov. Oh, which okay. I can kind of see, back then mm. I can kind of see. Um, yeah, everyone was kind of saying, and also like the, the World Tour Finals, he was in the top ten. Um, he's just kind of gone really downhill, hasn't he? Yeah, he's um, not had a great uh, great season. <laughs> great this season, yeah. He's currently 19. His year-end ranking is 19. Um, 19, yeah. okay. So, yeah, so their top 10 in full, Dimitrov, Pear, Murray, Rayanich, Djokovic, Nishikuri, Tomic, Golbis, Janowicz, Sok. So. Wow. So are they going to do another? Do they do this every year um, for like the next? I don't know, like, but that's... Under who, under who they'll predict well, for the next? Well, Kim, that's a question um, I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you. Uh, crystal ball. I know we're. I know we're amazing at predictions. So oh, we really are. Um, aren't we? We're gonna. We're gonna keep this going. Let's let's look in. Let's look into the future for scoreboard stories. Um, it's it's the year end, twenty twenty two. Who do you see? Give me a name. Who do you see as? Who do you see in your top three? Oh, top three. Um, so, so I could go first I, if you. I can give you some ideas. Well, I was going to say I would. I probably think that Djokovic will still be in the top ten. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about top three, but because he'd only be six. Which you know, ex Federer is still playing at thirty-seven. <laughs> so I'm thinking Novak would be going. I think Federer and Rafa would have gone by, but Novak would. Zverev um, number one. Oh yeah, Zverev. I don't know. Well, yeah, I would say top ten. Sitsipas, I guess. Carl um, Edmund. Yeah, I would. I would hope so. Yeah, come on, Carl. Uh, how about Korich? Born mm. Korich or um, Diminu- Shapovalov. Shapovalov. Yeah. Um, off. I mean, we're Ooh, just kind of going a... on the guys that have done well at the moment. Yeah, this, year, but... this is a very good shout. Um, I've got a slightly rogue one, completely oh, 
off the radar at the moment, but I think he's going to be big news. Maybe even the ne- he may- maybe he w- will win next year's next gen finals. Um, no, oh. no, it's not Aiden Meeking. Oh no, no, I was going to say, is it Jack Draper? <laughs> kind of, I've kind of put him in my little. Oh, that's a, actually yeah. that's not a bad shout. Um, no, uh, Felix um, Auger Aliassime, the oh, uh, okay. the really tall, really tall French Frenchman who's you know still like I don't know. 18, 18 years of age and has a serve that yeah. is like, I don't know, 140 mile an hour serve already. Oh, wow. um, I think he's going to be big, you know, big news in, in five years time. Um, yeah. Chung, Chung of South Korea. Oh yeah. He, Cause he did well at the um, AO. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Um, I'm not thinking anyone like Kyrgios. Dunny Yerzyanovic. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll be unranked and playing in Tasmania. Um, who else? I don't know. How may Muno doing it for Spanish? Maybe, mm, maybe. Yeah, I mean, probably someone who is yet. To... I'm sure. Yeah, there's. Sure, I'm sure there are some tennis. people we we <laughs> are not aware of that could come out of nowhere. Um, uh, yeah, and in, and in, and into our lives in 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 2022 when we're recording, you know, our fifth anniversary episode oh. of the passing shots. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So um. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Let, on that note, let's uh, let's move on. Um, let's move on to the wild card because uh, again, we're going to kind of be looking at the future of the tour, aren't we, Kim? We are. So they the ATP have is basically a team. Uh, so it's going to be at the start of. The, is it going to be based in Australia? Spread across. Yeah, I think it's across. Cities, cities, right? Yeah, across cities. Yeah. yeah. So there's a big sort of. Bit of hoo-ha this week because there was a press conference with Novak saying that he doesn't agree with it. I think a lot of players don't. The team event is pretty similar to the Davis Cup, um, and it's why have it so close to the calendar? Well, not the Davis yeah. Cup, but you know the new format of the Davis Cup. Um, and then the next day he was at the unveiling of doing his diplomatic. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's great one. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's... it's a twenty-four nation event, so we have six groups. So it's like a round robin thing. Um, spread over 10 days and yeah um, i think it's obviously it's replacing the hotman cup uh which is going to have its final run um this next season mm. and yeah it's it's basically going to mean that in 2020 we're going to have the atp cup the olympics the laver cup and the pk i'm oh, sorry the davis cup um (laughs) so we're gonna have a lot of team tournaments um as well as obviously grand slams um you know 500s 250s um in one season and you know that is going to be that is a lot of tennis it's a lot of team tennis as well like Mm. what a lot of the players are saying is that it's just dilute like having all these team events just dilute is better to have strong than having all these other ones that just you know they would each lose their identity thinking oh it's special yeah, yeah it's a lot of tennis it'll be a long season a lot of players again yeah and also and, the uh, if it it replaces the hotman cup and it's it's not really a like yeah. for like because the hotman cup was is a mixed event um and the yeah. a, the obviously the atp cup is that uh, is is men's only so yeah. ah i just kind of wish that like you know could the ATP just like talk to the WTA and, you know, again, come up with some sort of mixed event and, you know, have that, you know, dare I say, have that replace Fed Cup and Davis Cup? I know that's not good. Yeah. I know that's not a possibility, yeah. but 
I or think they could at least make this ATP cup like I guess make that the... yeah <laughs> um or is it just that they want I don't know but the ATP kind of opposed to it's it's really hard it just feels like there's all the all the governing bodies they just need to all get in a room speak to each other and I understand it's probably very complex and there's lots of different stakeholders and um you know there's lots of money involved no doubt um but they need to understand that I think yeah you're right if we have all these events go on in one season it doesn't it's not going to benefit anyone um and I think you know with things like the Labour Cup you know yes it's it was really successful this year what's it going to be like in the future for example when Federer and Nadal retire Mm -hmm. you know can it carry on without the strength of those sorts of names playing and also interestingly um they kind of said you know because that's an holder on the the Olympics so the Tokyo Olympics and uh, Labour Cups um but they kind of backtracked no um we will be so you might find that 2020 the Labour Cup lineup (laughs) isn't quite as I mean the only other thing is as well players don't have to so the ATP Cup, if you know Federer, Rafa, they think that is there anything you know? If in which case players from their nation who are lower ranked, you know, the opportunity to play in these events could be a really great event mm-hmm. to kind of step up. But then again, I don't know if all the sponsors and the prize money, you know, they want yeah. the big names involved. So that's that would probably hurt. And I, I think I think you know if we just look at it kind of from a fan point of view, I think you know even for the diehardest of fans like ourselves. 2020 might be one of those seasons where we kind of look at it and actually we say to ourselves we've got too much tennis <laughs> yeah uh, although and... I mean I might I was thinking of going to maybe AO so I could I could go to the inaugural ATP <laughs> Cup I'm just planning my schedule a whole year and a bit in advance I guess you know that it might compel me to go to rather than some yeah I mean I don't know I think We've got to see how it goes, and if it's a disaster, and I guess not set in. But yeah, well, let's let's yeah, let's wait and see. I I can see. Yeah, we've we've spoken about twenty twenty two, spoken about twenty twenty. You know, we'll um, we've spoken about obviously this season as well, and um, I think if we kind of recap this episode and kind of what what's in store for the passing shot, I think you know our next episode we're going to do a little bit of an awards episode, looking back on the whole season. Um, both in the men's tour and the women's tour. We're going to give our, our own kind of passing shot awards. Uh, which... We are indeed. We are. <laughs> um, I know me and Kim are, are looking forward to that one. Uh, but in the meantime, um, feel free to remember to follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Remember to uh, listen and subscribe to us uh, on all your uh, favourite pass. Uh, on all your favourite podcasting platforms out there. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. And, yeah, did you have any final comments, Kim? Um, no, I'm just uh, trying to think of, like, inventive awards to give out to players. Um, if anyone's got any ideas um, or any players that they, I don't know, a little bit different, then give us a tweet, Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, we'll, and uh, we'll take that into account. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll be asking our, our fans, uh, yeah, what what awards they want to see um, in our final in our final episode of the series. But until then, I'm Joel, and I I've been Kim. I still am Kim, <laughs> <laughs> and we've been the passing shot. Thanks for listening. Thanks, bye everyone. <laughs>